The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. You know, coming to the end of a book that we studied brings great joy, but also uh, some sadness as well. But Proverbs 31 is the last chapter in the book of Proverbs. Now, you know, most months have 31 days, but some have 30 and then one, 28 or 29, according to leap year or not. But let me give you some advice. Read a proverb a day. Every time you're looking for great decisions, saturate yourself in the book of Proverbs. There's a lot of wisdom. We've been able to share that and talk about that, and we want to finish it today with the wisdom of leadership and the wisdom of marriage, and that is chapter 31. Alex, uh, chapter 31 is a great, it's known for the virtuous woman, and uh, so we're going to look at that today, and I think it will be a blessing to many. Amen. Well, let me read uh, verse 1 here, and it's interesting because, you know, so much of the book of Proverbs is clearly attributed to King Solomon. Yesterday, uh, we were in chapter 30, the words of Agar, but this says in 31, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. Now, Bert, um, I've read in commentaries, and maybe you have, or maybe you've come up with some additional research, uh, we don't exactly know who King Lemuel was, and he might have been um, a pagan who put his trust in Yahweh, the God of Israel. Um, some Jewish history wonders if it was uh, a, a title or a name of Solomon himself. Uh, we just don't know, but what we do know is this was the Word of God, always believed to be part of God's you know, revealed canon, and I believe it is. Uh, even though we don't know the exact identity of King Lemuel, we can certainly see the wisdom and the truth of his words. It is straightforward on that. Now, let me comment on that last about it being Solomon. Most mothers have what we call a pet name for their children, okay? And uh, this could have been that one. And so when he was going to talk about the advice from his mother about how to be a good king, and then about a good woman, he may have decided to use this name yeah. that his mother used, called him. That is an idea. We don't know. The first thing you said was correct. We don't know for sure. And, and uh, But either see, way, it's it's the Word of God. Well, the word Lemuel, L-E-M-U-E-L, means, quote, belonging to God. And if this was a pet name for uh, mother to son— belonging to God, that would certainly be an appropriate name, wouldn't it? It really would. And notice what it says, his mother taught him. Uh, That is so important. We have mothers that are listening to us right now, grandmothers that are listening to us. Uh, Some of them pick their children up from school. Some of them are homeschooled. And listen, was it Abraham Lincoln? It, It said, the woman who rocks the cradle will rule the world. That's and true. and yeah. so do not despise small beginnings of of that job you're doing. The most important job you have is that of giving yourself to your children, to the next generation. So let's see. Let me read verses one and following a little bit, Alex, and then you come back and let's let's put some uh, thought into it. Verse two: What my son, and what son of my womb, and what son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, nor uh, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all that afflicted. And right there, those three verses, two things that tend to bring leadership down. We're talking about being a king is, is the idea of strong drink, uh, making bad decisions because of that intoxication. And then the other issue is following a woman like Solomon would follow some of those wives that was he was married to, many of them just because for political uh, expediency. So here, this is a wise warning, Alex, to anyone who uh, 
who any person, let me just say that, any person, but especially that person in leadership. Yeah, I mean, the responsibilities of being a king are so great that certainly you wouldn't want to jeopardize that by being impaired by alcohol, you know. And uh, so I want to say this, um, verse 6 should not really be used to condone, you know, (laughs) passing around or encouraging people to drink. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those who be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Let me say this, Bert. um, It's interesting. I was teaching a Sunday school class one time, and somebody threw out the the, uh, statement, well, ignorance is bliss. (laughs) And several seemed to nod in agreement. And I said, wait a minute, how many believe that ignorance is bliss? And about half the class raised their hand, and about half the class disagreed. And I said, look, I don't, ignorance is not bliss. Look, if, if something's wrong, uh, I want to know it. Uh, if I've got a problem, uh, the only way I can solve it is if I'm aware of it, right? And so I think these verses here, it's talking about, you know, if somebody's on their deathbed, maybe, uh, something to alleviate pain, but in verse 7, uh, if you've got poverty or misery, the way to solve it is not to get drunk, you know? Number one, get on your knees and pray and ask for God's help and God's direction, but um, l- let me just say that uh, ignorance is not bliss, and you, you certainly can't drink away your troubles. Uh, you can turn to God, and, and He'll help you, but um, I, I think that there's a caution here rather than, uh, uh, you know, um, condoning. I agree with you. Verses 8 and 9, before we get into the virtuous woman or the noble woman, the worthy woman, the good woman, it, it, it can be translated several ways from the Hebrew. Open your mouth for, for the speechless in cause of all who are appointed to die. Uh, listen, that's awesome. Uh, get on the side of the least of these. That's the whole idea, what Jesus said. Open your mouth and judge righteously. Don't be afraid to speak up for what is right and plead the cause of the poor and needy, again, the least of these. So here we have the advice of this mother who had taken from her womb and her vows. Uh, she she had made these vows to God, possibly to her husband, vows to her son to say, I'm going to do the best I can, and she was giving him great advice in this area. Do righteously. Open your mouth for that which is right, and be on the side of the least of these when you can help them. So Alex, uh, verses 1 through 9 is a great, great, uh, I I, I would say, admonishment for leadership. Then we come to chapter uh, verse 10 through 31. Let me set this up, and I'll throw it to you. This yes. is an acrostic from the Hebrew alphabet, 21 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and you go A, whatever the first one would be, like our alphabet, A, B, C, and that's what each verse is. It starts with the letter of the next letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So this is a poem that we read here. It doesn't come across that way in translation but in the right. Hebrew text, it was an awesome way for, and I read this up, it's an assistance and a model used for instruction. So once you learn the alphabet and you can put a saying with the letter of the letters, it helps you know and memorize this. So what is this? This is helping a young man make wise decision when it comes to choosing a bride. Well, Bert, um, you know, you and I very often have gone through Psalm 119, which is my favorite psalm, and nine of the psalms are like this. Okay, there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and uh, like Psalm 119, there are 22 stanzas, each eight verses, each beginning with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And as you said, you don't always see this in the translation, but this is... Let me just say the Psalms and Lamentations that use this acrostic device, it's when Scripture is just really, 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 really important. Now, all of Scripture, of course, is important, but when it is something that I think the Lord wanted the reader 
to know or those ancient Israelites that would memorize it. It's like setting it up in a beautiful, artful arrangement to help you memorize it. Now, the reason I say that is Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, uh, just as precious and holy as Scripture almost is that woman of God, the godly mother, the godly wife, the, the Christian woman. And I think it's just very significant that the, the Lord, in giving his word, talking about the virtuous woman and the virtuous, godly, righteous woman, it's, it's no men that get this uh, <laughs> royal treatment in our verses, but these 22 verses that lay out some characteristics of the woman of God are given a Hebrew alphabetic acrostic arrangement. I think this is a way we acknowledge that God is acknowledging the precious value of his Christian women. You are exactly right, Alex. That is so true. Now, let me just share with you two or three things. We're coming to the end of this segment. We're going to dig in in the next segment. But these instructions deal with her husband and uh, her assisting him and her his thoughts toward her. Her commercial activity uh, versus, I, I could not get over this, verse 14, 16, 18, and 24 is talking about her work outside the home. And mm-hmm. uh, so she was like Lydia that you find in the New Testament. She she was a commercial. And she looks out her whole household, not just her children, but even it talks about those that work under her. Uh, I would say that as an employer, she gives that. And then it climaxes, I believe, in verse 30 when it says, A woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. In other words, is this talking about a very a certain woman? I, Alex, there's a lot of opinion on that, and I, I doubt it because uh, most of the time, most of the time, uh, it's talking about that what the characteristics that you're looking for. Like in the New Testament, when it comes to looking for a man to be an elder or a deacon, you know, they've got to have these, and those are the kind of men you have. Do you check each one of them off and say he's got that every time? Hopefully you do, but most of the time you're looking for this kind of person. And this right. is the kind of wife that I, I believe the mother wants her son to have. What It is a great, great uh, idea of what kind of woman would make that kind of wife. Well, this is Exploring the Word with Bert Harper and Alex McFarland on the American Family Radio Network. We're in Proverbs 31. So honored that you're listening. We're going to continue with Proverbs 31, our conclusion of the book of Proverbs, plus your calls and Bible questions. So stay tuned. We're going to come right back after this. Stay with us on Exploring the Word. 120 witch doctors come to Christ. This is Bible League International. In Indonesia, Pastor Tandi invited a witch doctor on the island of Papua to hear the gospel. The man came with 120 apprentices, men and women learning witchcraft. And after hearing the gospel preached, they all accepted Jesus and are growing his believers, but they need Bibles. You can send one today for only $5. $50 sends 10, every gift matched. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D, or give it sendbiblesnow.org. This is Bible League International. Many women in the Middle East are treated as less valuable, forced to marry young, and denied an education, meaning that many cannot read or write. So Bible League is giving them the gift of literacy and dignity and showing them God's great love. Magda was asked by her husband to skip these literacy classes, but she endured and something beautiful came about. Learn what she did to win her extremist husband over. Hear it all now. It's only 15 minutes and free of charge at BibleLeague.org slash podcast. BibleLeague.org slash podcast. Dr. Tony Evans says prayer was meant to be much more than a casual conversation with God. He'll talk about how much further we can go by investing some effort as we spend two minutes with Tony. You get on a treadmill, you go for a while, you begin to get warm, you begin to get hot, you begin to sweat. Why? Because you are exercising, and the more fervent you exercise, the more sweaty you become because the benefit of the exercise only is achieved when there is fervency of effort. Most of us don't seriously pray. Most of us don't seriously, or in this, by seriously, I don't mean that in the sense that we're insincere, I mean fervently, with passion. Like Jacob who said, God, I will not let you go till you bless me. 
And guess what? He had to wrestle all night long. The time you want to sleep most is a good indicator, if you're involved in problems, that it's time to pray more. You hear that? The time you want to sleep most because of the pressures that are facing you or the sorrows or the trials or the tribulations you're in may be the time to pray more. When your burdens wake you up in the middle of the night and you're tossing and turning, and so you count sheep and do everything else to try to help you go to sleep, that may be the call to prayer. Because this is so deep, so important, I must grab hold of God. But before we can grab hold of God, we need to make sure God has grabbed hold of us. That happens through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Find out what that means and how it can change your life. Visit TonyEvans.org today and click on the link that says Jesus. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. This is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. You know, as we read through Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, the attributes of a godly woman, you know, maybe you want to call in and maybe uh, you were raised up under one of these virtuous women. Maybe your wife, uh, fellas, is one of these godly Proverbs 31 women. And in a few moments, we'll take calls and Bible questions. You can call us. The number is 888-589-8840, But it asks the question in verse 10, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Bert, those words are so precious to me. I mean, like us earlier, Jim Stanley, yourself, certainly Angie, uh, to me, we know what it is to find a virtuous woman, and uh, like verse 10, her price is far above rubies. That's for sure, isn't it? It really is, and the word virtuous has, and it says, a woman of character. She's good. Uh, she has nobility. Now, we're not talking about royal, but we're talking about a noble soul, and, and all of these go into this woman and her worth, her worth. That is what you're looking at, and he begins to describe this in such a way. And, and But the first part of that, verse 11, is the word, her husband safely trust her. What a comment that was uh, to know your wife and know that when someone says certain, certain things, that you absolutely have a wife that you know that, that is true or not true. What a way to go. And and there so he will have no lack of gain. She is the one that feeds his God feeds his soul, but she feeds him. And I'm not mm. talking about just food. I am talking about she strengthens him. Her uh his his character is built up by her. She helps him, not by being a yes woman. We've heard of a yes man, not being by a yes woman, but she he safely trusts in her so that when she says this or that, watch, be careful about that person. Be careful about how you say that. Let me just say we need to listen and listen carefully. Well, amen. Amen. I'm just going to read this. And, uh, you know, really, I, I am so blessed, a godly grandmother that prayed for me, a godly mother that taught me how to read when I was about four. Way by the time I give God the glory, but by the time I went to first grade, I've been reading a couple of years thanks to a Christian mother, uh, a woman that prayed for me. My mother in law prayed for me. I, n- I never knew this two years after the fact. Then I, I got saved at age 21, and then Angie worked and paid uh, a huge part of my tuition as I was going through seminary. And so I just wish I could take off and comment on all these, but I could say so much. But verse 12, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. Now, Bert, most of the Christian ladies I've ever known 
had a room in their house where they had everything from scotch tape to a sewing machine. And now, do you know the, the women of ancient times, they might have had to weave the cloth. Women don't have to do that now, I suppose. But let me tell you, uh, a, a godly housewife, wife, homemaker, she knows how to fix things, anything from a scraped knee to a rip in a shirt. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't verse 13 almost allude to all that, the resourcefulness of a good woman? The willingly, she willingly works. And what what a position she has. And this position honestly elevates her. It does not degrade her. It elevates her to this place. And uh, this is what Jesus did. Now, remember, if you say, oh, I, I don't want to be that what happened to Jesus? He became willingly obedient to the Father. And at the end, the Bible says, and God, the Father, gave him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. So this place of servanthood, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve the highest, listen carefully, everyone, the highest position in Christ's kingdom is servant. Just let mm. me say that. That's it. He is the king. Under him is servant. And uh, if you're just saying, oh, I want to be the boss, I want to be a servant. Be a servant first and watch God elevate. And again, this, this wife's worth because of her willingly working with her hands for her seeking good all of her life, it elevates her in this position, Alex. Amen. All right, 14 and 15, and I'm going to comment on how when you approach your marriage with the heart of a servant, the beautiful thing about it, it is the most fulfilling thing, and it is you're never going to run out of opportunities to serve. All right, the virtuous woman is like the merchant's ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night and gives meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. All right, look at 14. Okay, godly women, you might not have to float a ship to a foreign land to get food and bring it back, but I bet you've waited in a long, long line at the store to take dinner home to your dear family. Bless you for doing that. I bet you've navigated traffic and hustled and done everything you can to put food on the table, and maybe you get up before sunrise and your kids wake up to a hot breakfast. You know, Bert, a lot of young people today, a lot of millennials and younger, um, don't care that much about marriage and family. And, and I've, I've counseled with a lot of young adults, and yes, some young females that Angie and I have counseled with that are frustrated and they don't know, they've gone out for whatever the world says is going to make you happy. Let me say this with all my heart. As a young husband, you know, yeah, we Angie and I are both Christians, and I was going to seminary, but I wanted to play guitar, and I wanted to go find me an old pickup truck to restore. But I want to tell you something. I got more joy out of learning how to serve Angie than turning wrenches on a greasy old motor ever did for me. <laughs> uh, Angie wanted a flower bed in the front yard, and you wanted me to learn how to pick up clothes that I'd thrown on the floor. <laughs> and see, when you are trying to serve your spouse, um, that is sustainable. I mean, there's always ways you can show love by serving. And the beautiful thing about it, and it took, took this knucklehead a while to learn it, but I was fulfilled in knowing that I was trying to accomplish something that meant something to Angie. Amen. You know? And so what you need to learn about your wife, men, and what, let me just say this, the wife to the husband and your yeah. children is learn their love language. Dr. Gary Chapman has, it's one of, I think, one of the most helpful uh, research books or anything that helps marriages, the five love languages. And Alex, what you just talked about was just about all acts of service, the, the flower garden, uh, picking up your clothes, acts of service. Uh, find out what your spouse's love language is. Jan has helped me so much, and uh, it, it's it's great. And she has learned mine. And so you can you can love your spouse, and yet your spouse may not feel loved if it's not speaking their love language. And 
If you don't know that, buy the book, get the book, The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman, and it will help. Now, listen to verse 16 and 17. She considers a field and buys it from her profit. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arm. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. Uh, she, this is an industrious woman uh, using mm-hmm. what she has. And again, we're looking at a different time frame when this was taking place than it is today, but it was still using her time, using her resources wisely. And that's the whole idea. So a lot of times we need God's help in that. We need God to give us. And we also saturate ourselves in the word of God so that it can work out in us, through us, to be that kind of person that God wants us to be, Alex. Amen. Amen. You're right. Industriousness, uh, a work ethic. And again, it's the joy of service. I I remember many years ago when, um, 1992, in fact, is when it was, when, um, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton kind of, she said that she wasn't going to waste her life baking cookies. And I just thought that that's really a tragic statement because, um, honestly, there's few higher callings, uh, maybe no higher calling than to build a home and a family. And certainly a godly woman leads out in that. She lays her hands to the spindle, her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hands to the poor. She reaches forth her hands to the needy. All right, she's got so, uh, she's so fruitful, she feeds her own husband and children and is able to be volunteering at the local soup kitchen or <laughs> whatever. I mean, even though this is written, you know, uh, basically 3,000 years ago, um, it's applicable today. And then um, her kids are ready for cold weather. <laughs> Verse 21 She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. Isn't that something? The kids got something warm to put on uh, in times of winter. I mean, that's just what it's saying, isn't it, Bert? It is. And let me just share with you, I know these women. I've talked to these women whose the father's gone, the, the husband deserted, and I've seen mothers go without clothes, new clothes, not have the coat that they needed in order to clothe their children. And here, this woman has the support of her husband. That's God's design. But it is amazing how many mothers, that motherly instinct, that desire just supersedes difficulty. And and they're able to do that because of their sacrifice, their children have it. And let me just say that if if your mother and dad made these great sacrifices, let them know that. Let them understand. You may not even know about it. Uh, a lot of times these parents don't let the children know uh, what they're doing without in order for them to have. And mm-hmm. so uh, this is a beautiful, uh, it is sacrificial love, Alex. This is what it's being yes. demonstrated for her husband and for her children. Well, uh, in verse 23, and by the way, folks, if you're following along with us, um, compare 23 and 31. But her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. Okay, so um, she's keeping the home. He's he's out there in the public square, whether it's working a job or being a part of the leadership. And some might object and say, well, you know, why why can't she go sit at the city gates? Do you know what? She's actually got something better because verse 31 says, give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. You know what? I mean, I respect achievement. I respect leadership. But you know what? Uh, Behind every successful man is a very committed, sacrificial woman. I really believe that. Lord knows I wouldn't have gotten anywhere in life without Angie. Speak it and, loudly and clearly for Bert. And let me make this one good observation and go on. Please, one yes, of our yes. founding fathers, and I, he he has grown in my estimation as I've studied it, and that's John Adams, the second yes. president. His letters and the letters that he and his wife Abigail wrote to one another exactly demonstrates what you're talking about in verse 23 and 31, Alex, 
Her mm-hmm. husband is known in the gates. Yeah, we've heard all about John Adams, how great he was. But listen, his secret advisor was his wife, Abigail. Not yes. only personally, but I'm talking about decisions that would change the world. And what a woman. And so, yes, these uh, yes these men that speak of their wives and appreciate them in the gates, what a treat it is. And if you can't publicly say that sometimes, and I understand you have to be cautious, make sure your wife knows how much you appreciate her, Alex. Well, amen, amen. Um, verse 22 talks about how she makes tapestry and clothing for herself. Then 24, she makes fine linen and sells it and delivers uh, to the merchants. Now, um, it's interesting. There's a little bit of an irony here. It says in verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing. It's not just the the scarlet fabric that got woven and made into clothes, but really how she is seen as one of strength and honor. Uh, she opens her mouth with wisdom, Amen. and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that something? Wisdom that comes from the heart and soul, and then the words framed and spoken in kindness. And it goes that's a long a, way, doesn't it, Alex? Well, that's a person led by the Holy Spirit, Bert. Yeah, it really is. We've really got a minute and a half, and let me read this, and I want to get especially verse 30. She watches over the ways of her household and does not the, eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Rise up. There's going to be a time when they see the value of this mom. Her, also, her husband also, he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. But listen to verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Alex, the beauty will fade. Gravity will takes place, the wind and the weather takes place, but that inward part, that character, go back to verse 10, the virtuous woman, the character of this godly woman will go and continue doing, and let me make this last statement, I throw it to you, it reaches down from generation to generation. You've already talked about your grandmother. Listen, it reaches down to the next and the next generation, doesn't it? Well, it really does. Do you know, uh, you and I have been in Proverbs, and we're almost done. Proverbs eleven twenty two talks about like a, a gold ring in a pig's nose is like a woman without discretion and godliness. On the flip side, here's a beautiful woman of any age because her life is committed to God. And uh, thus ends Proverbs 31. But we're going to come back. We're going to take your calls and questions. We'd like to hear from you. 888-589-8840. Do you believe a return to God is necessary in America? As stated by well-known teacher Martin Lloyd-Jones, revival is the spirit working in extraordinary measure, a repetition to some degree of what happened at Pentecost. I'm Sam Rohr, host of Stand in the Gap Weekend, heard Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time. Join Pastor Steve Harrelson, Evangelist Dave Kistler, and Pastor Harold Vaughn as they present Creating an Atmosphere for God to Bring Revival to America, Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time. Hey, did you hear? Money Wise is different. It's now Faith and Finance with Rob West. Don't worry. Rob will still help build your faith while giving biblical advice about your finances. It's just a different name. From a diversification perspective, I like uh, properly diversified stock and bond portfolio, especially given where the market is right now. Faith and Finance with Rob West. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Central on AFR or catch the podcast at AFR.net. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. Gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of In His Image has moved me. 
We actually had one gentleman contact us and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community. And this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same sex attracted couple contact us and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what. And they said, please, Please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit InHisImage.movie. Do not fret because of evildoers. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. A Texas district court judge vindicated Dr. Peter McCullough, a cardiologist and outspoken Schmovid injection critic, by dismissing a lawsuit filed against him by the Baylor Scott and White Health System that formerly employed him. The health system sued Dr. McCullough, dubbed a prominent purveyor of misinformation by his detractors, for allegedly violating a separation agreement and bringing the Baylor Scott and White Health name into the media in a negative light, due largely to bold criticism of the mRNA injections. They accused Dr. McCullough of causing them reputational harm. Well... Dr. McCullough got the last laugh as the judge threw this frivolous suit out of court. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. American Family Radio. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bird and Alex with you, and it is question and hopefully answer time. We do have the questions. Hopefully we have some answers. And the listen, that that number that you want to call, 888-589-8840, and lines are wide open. We just have one caller up, so man, who will be the second one? We'd love to hear from you today. And so, Alex, uh, are you ready to go to the phone lines? Well, let's do it, and we're going to first begin our day in Indiana. Shelly in Indiana, welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you. Thank you. What you got? I have a question. I think it's Luke 15 where it's talking about the master and the servant. And the servant, the parable, the servant gets fired. And then he goes to all the debtors and tells them to give them less. And then he's made the good guy. And I've read it. I don't understand (laughs) what that means. It's chapter (laughs) 16. That's Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Chapter 16, the parable of the un- just servant. Alex, it's not necessarily telling how good a man this was, but it was talking about some shrewdness, is it not? Exactly. Let let me say what it's not saying. (laughs) It's not approving of dishonesty in um, how we handle somebody else's affairs or how we do our job or something like that. But he's wise. I mean, the guy thought of a way to get this things squared away. And I mean, these were some pretty big numbers here. They were talking about um, owing 875 gallons of oil and uh, 1,000 or 1,200 bushels of wheat. So, you know, we're talking about large sums of money here. And the word shrewd, we often think of it in terms of maybe being dishonest, dishonest or sly or scheming, but it, but it can also mean meticulous and intelligent. And this, you know, very famous um, parable of the shrewd manager. Sometimes, you know, verse 8 of Luke 16, the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Uh, Bert, let me say piety is not um, a call to be lazy or ignorant, you know? Right. And... We are not to adopt the ways of the world in terms of sin, obviously, or dishonesty. But if, if it means being very careful, being thinking way ahead, having a long-term vision, availing yourself to 
you know, hey, I, I, I file my taxes every April 15, and sometimes I have to pay tax. But you can bet, I listen, I've read the tax code as much as most CPAs, and I take advantage of every deduction I can. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, when Jesus is given this, he says that the children of light, uh, we need to be meticulous insightful, informed, just like the children of the world. We do. Let me give you a biblical example of that, not not in waywardness, not in uh, dishonesty, but shrewdness is Joseph. Joseph knew what to say to the Pharaoh. God gave him the ability, and then he gave him the suggestion, and, and the Pharaoh said, hey, you the one that came up with it, you do it, and he was Again, using the word shrewd as good as you just said, Alex, Joseph yes. was able to do that. And uh, so, yes, you can use that ability for good. Use your shrewdness, thinking through things, meticulous, using it for good. That's the positive part of it, I would say, Shelley. Thank you for calling. Well, uh, Barbara in Louisiana. Barbara, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, Barbara? I think we lost her. I don't know what happened, we, but we did lose her. Hope. Well, yeah. Eric in Indiana. Eric, are you there? Uh, yes, sir, I am. Thank you. I, I, I don't have a question, just a, a, a pastor here in Indiana. And my wife and I just had our, our third miscarriage in a row. Mm. And uh, we, we were so thankful sorry. to the Lord. God is good no matter what, but it still, still hurts. Yeah. And didn't know if you and Bird... Um, could pray for us and all those suffering from miscarriage and also just thank you all for your ministry let me eric we will pray for you do you mind giving us your wife's name you don't have to if you don't want to uh yeah her name's heather heather okay write eric and heather down let me just give this real quickly a pastor i know on when it comes to recognizing uh human you know the sanctity of human life and and we talk about the aborted babies that and it's important but i want to tell you uh, remember those people like eric and heather it's gone through miscarriages the pain that they have i did that one sunday and i had over a half a dozen ladies mothers come up and share with me said i'd never i i knew the pain but it was never publicly acknowledged the pain that that is so, Eric, and thank you for calling. We're, we're going to pray, and I want to say this. We have a radio show called Hannah's Heart, and this is a wonderful radio show by Kendra uh, White and Ann Cockrell, and it deals with couples working through uh, infertility and miscarriage and things like that. And uh, listeners, uh, and Eric, you might want to look at the show Hannah's Heart that's on the AFR Radio Network. But, Bert, would you lead us in a I word will. of prayer? Father, I thank you for Eric Collin. If I understood, he's a pastor there. And a lot of times the pastor sometimes uh, doesn't have that person to call on, but he called us the radio program today. And we are joining Eric and Heather and asking you to fill them with joy of knowing they'll see that baby someday. And, Father, I don't know what your will is, but I can come boldly to your throne and ask. With their desire to have children, it's obvious. God, I pray that you would bring it about in your time. And, Father, however you would do that, we would give you praise, glory, and honor. But we're going to be like Ms. Shadrach and Abednego. But if not, God, we're still going to praise you. We're still going to honor you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Eric, thank you for calling. May God be with you. May the comfort of the Lord be very real to you guys at this time. Brad in Mississippi. Brad, thanks for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. um, Pleasure to be online with y'all. So I have a question about the rapture. I've always heard that when it comes to the rapture, that now it is our turn to be saved and Gentiles. But after the rapture, it's only the Jews' turns to be saved. I've heard it both ways that even Gentiles can have a second chance after the rapture, but I'm, I'm kind of conflicted. Like, I don't know which is which. Well, let me just say one thing, and Alex does a better job of answering this than I. I can share that. 
But when you see those in Revelation that are gathered together and they're asking who they are, these are the saints that came out of the great tribulation. It does not designate that great multitude as Jews only. Alex, go ahead. Well, you know, in Luke uh, 21, it says that uh, Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles to the times of the Gentiles come to an end. And Romans alludes to this, too. And some have theorized that, you know, we're, we're in the church age right now, from Pentecost to the rapture. And most of the people saved have been Gentiles. Now, in the first two or three centuries of the church, the majority of believers were Jews and then Arabic people and then, um, you know, Indo-Europeans. But there, by the way, Bert, uh, you've probably heard there are more born-again Jewish people today than at any time since the era of Pentecost. So, um, Bert, also there's the question of uh, people who heard the gospel prior to the rapture, would they be saved after the rapture, or would they fall under that strong delusion? Bert, I can't completely say that I actually really know. I agree, And, and honestly, those are the best answers we can give you. Uh, we hope to have another chance. I'll, I'll give you that, but we don't know. So don't take a chance. Get saved. Be saved today. Don't be like, say, well, I'm going to be like the, the thief on the cross and get saved at the last minute. Which thief? One of them uh, got saved. The other one didn't. So I know uh, Jew or Gentile, either yeah, one can either be one. saved right now. Right now <laughs> you can. And you, there's a number you can call. It is 1-800-NEED-HIM. You need someone to pray for you, someone to guide you, someone to help you. 1-800-NEED-HIM. Janice in Texas. Janice, welcome to Exploring the Word. Uh, Did you say Janice in Texas? Janice, I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am, you're on. How are you today? (laughs) Good good to hear from you. Yes, sir. I'm a school teacher of 52 years, and I'm still working. 50. And I just wanted to say, <laughs> 52 years, yes, sir. Uh, secondary, mostly. I just wanted to say that when you were talking about a good woman, I know lots of good women, and I also believe that a man is as good as the woman behind him, which you also said. And I believe uh, the, the gentleman here in our area that writes uh, letters to the editor, he uses total biblical verse and he hooks them together where it makes sense which is amazing he's very knowledgeable and today he said that it won't it it won't be climate change and oil that destroys our nation it will be wickedness and i truly believe the power of a good woman is what's going to make that change amen and that's power of lots of good women thank you janice amen be godly though you're listening uh, character. It does matter. And uh, it matters for the father, the mother, the husband, the wife, the single person. It matters. Be godly. Alex? Well, uh, that's great. We, godly and at 52 years, that is just such a testimony. Uh, Janice, <laughs> wow. bless you, sister. Amen. May there be more like you. Roy, in my home state of North Carolina, Roy, welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, God bless both of you, Alex and uh, and uh, and Burke there. And I told you, I told you guys when that answered answered my call there that uh, don't worry, they they they'll fill with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. They'll be able to answer this question or know exactly where I'm going. And my question was historically, um, since the search, since the birth of the church, is there any time in history since the birth of, of the church? that the doors have ever been closed. And let me go ahead and get these out of the way. Um, I'm not talking about forsaking the assembly uh, of, of the brothers, um, nor am I, but one scripture come to mind is when, when Christ said, uh, if you destroy this temple, I'll raise it in three days. And they, was, they got very upset at that. So my question is, when has the church doors ever been closed? In America? No. Uh, No, but in other countries, Roy, you better believe it. They've closed them because of the government takeover. They've closed doors and burnt the, I mean, they've done it because of local citizens angry, but not in America. Go ahead, Alex. 
Yeah, really. Uh, now, there have been persecution in places all around the world, and, you know, I think about in predominantly Islamic lands or communist lands where there were, you know, totalitarian governments. But in American history, the closing of churches during COVID was really historically unprecedented. Uh, and so uh, I pray it never happens again. And let, let me tell you, I'd rather die in a state of obedience than potentially live in a state of disobedience and fear. And I'm I'm just speaking for Alex McFarland here, but I talked to so many pastors. And then we had, I know we have a church in Fayetteville that listens, a church of 3,200. They never closed once, even though they were threatened with legal action, and they never had one case of COVID. Uh, let me tell you, I'd rather die in courageous obedience than live in cowardly safety and paranoia. I, I'm just, I Amen. am not going to be paranoid. Amen. And I'm not going to compromise what Christ told us to do. Mark in Texas, you're on. Oh, is it Mark? Mark? Yes. Oh, Welcome. yes. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Mr. Alex and Mr. Bert. I just uh, want to ask if you can please pray for me and my son, who is 26 years old, but uh, had become very short with me and disrespectful mm. used to be a good kid mm. you know would say i love you back to me and hug me but i don't know what it is that now he don't he no longer does this and uh seems to be angry with me all the time disrespectful mm. so if you could please for we're going to moderation of a loving relationship between me and my son we're going to do it right I'm now. I don't have a lot of time. So sorry. The pain, the pain is real, Alex, and you can hear it. Mm. L- let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, minister to my brother. Lift him up. It hurts. He's invested years raising this son. And for, Father, I pray for the Holy Spirit of God even right now to soften the heart of this son. Help this young man realize what all of us eventually realize, that our fathers are precious. We're grateful to have a dad who invested. And so, Father God, minister to this this grieving father. Help the relationship between father and son be restored and rekindled, beginning even right now. And we ask it in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Mark, thank you for calling. Thank you for sharing today. Lewis, we're not going to be able Hang to get in there. to your Don't call. Give up. Yeah, that's exactly right. The day of salvation sounds urgent. It is today. That's what Lewis from North Carolina was going to say. Lewis, today is the day. Today's the day. You need to be born again. If you need help, I feel like there's some people out there that said, man, I don't need to wait any longer. Call this number, 1-800-NEED-HIM. 1-800-NEED-HIM. Those people are ready to pray with you, talk with you, and help you. Alex, tomorrow is Fire Away Friday. Yes, it is. And folks, be sure to pray for Exploring the Word. Be sure to tell somebody about the show. Most of all, of course, tell somebody about Jesus. But let people know about Exploring the Word and tomorrow's Fire Away Friday. Have your questions. It'll be all questions, all the hour. And we hope you'll tune in tomorrow. May God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.